welcome to Broadcast is Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus. We need him. The good times, the bad times, we need him. And we have Don Barton on. She's the best-selling author of Laughing Through the Ugly Cry. She's a joyologist, which I love, obviously, joyologist, a speaker, a Jesus lover, and a cancer crusher. What's up, Don Barton? And I'm also your friend. <laughs> my friend. That's my I, favorite title of all. When I was writing out your title, I'm like, this is, I mean, you are making a big appearance in an arena right now. I mean, everybody's cheering. It's like glory to God. <laughs> and we're about to get encouraged from Don Barton. Like, this is great. <laughs> I mean, your title is just my favorite. I love your bio. But yeah, Cancer oh. Crusher. So to people who are listening, um, just tell us if you don't mind a brief background on your cancer history, um, please. But I'm so happy to have you here. So this is awesome. Thanks, honey. Um, yeah, well, uh, I wasn't always an author. I was, you know, in the world of direct sales before then. And I did, I had a dream and God called me to write a book. And, and he called me to write that book because in my life, I am somebody who has, uh, I've lost a child. I've been raped and the man was caught. I went to a full jury trial. I've had stage three triple negative breast cancer. Uh, my husband was an alcoholic. He's been sober almost six years now. My awesome. mom um, had a brain aneurysm. My sister passed away from breast cancer yes. um, and, and lots of things, you know, that, but I wrote a book about joy and I, that's the, that's who I want to be standing on the mountaintops. And, you know, I want to talk about joy in God, Jesus. Yes. I just, that's, that's my purpose going forward. So we just slapped the word joyologist on it. I love it. Well, it just is a reflection. I mean, joy is from Jesus and it's like, no, this is all going back to God. This is all going oh. back to Jesus and you're happy through that. And I think to show people who are going through a hard time, cancer specifically, it's mm -hmm. like, God still loves you. And we have Dawn on today to talk about writing as therapy because I'm sure some people, not all, but maybe you have a pocket of time where you want to write and you should. And um, Dawn is so good at it. She's a best-selling author. So we wanted to get her on to tell us about her writing as therapy to her and then to encourage you in your writing, you know, bringing it all back to Jesus. Um, just thank you so much, Dawn, for sharing with us this information. So how did writing as therapy really start for you? <laughs> I have to giggle at this whole thing. We have to do a little background here because okay, okay. I think there's a difference between a writer and an author. And I think that there are people out there who love to write. It is part of their soul. They just love to write. And I am the first one to tell you, I am not that person. Writing is hard for me. Okay. It, um, I feel like it sucks all of the focus and the brain molecules out of my body to do. Is it therapeutic? Absolutely. Um, is it a therapy I always want to step into? Absolutely not. Um, but it, it, I probably had no idea when I started writing the book, how deep writing words can get into your soul. Does okay. that make any sense? Did I just say yes. total good? Because yeah. what is happening in your heart is sometimes it's just best to get out on paper because it's like, God, I'm trying to sort this out. 
help me, help me here. What's going on? So yeah, just keep diving into it if you don't mind. Yeah. So when I wrote the book, you know, the book um, is this collection of essays of the different times in my life of some of the stuff I described in the beginning. And in order to, to tell the reader about it in such a way and to bring you down that path with me, I had to experience that. And I had so many people saying, oh, did that feel so good? Was that, you know, some great therapy? And, and I was like, no, that really? felt awful really? because it was awful, awful. Oh, wow. Um, but let me keep going on that in the sense of it. Just think about the hardest moments in your life. You're going to have to mm. reach down in such a deep way to describe them in such an, a personable, personal level that you're bringing a reader with you. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you almost need to experience it again. Wow. And um, in order to be, you know, to really bring that reader with you um, and really, we're talking about writing in, in that sense. Wow. Um, in true honesty, I probably avoid writing at that level on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, because it is, I mean, all the work we need to do on ourselves, I think we kind of all avoid it, right? right. It's much easier to go skipping through life than it is to do a deep dive on, on what hurts and, and, uh, go through it again. Right. Well, when you wrote this book, I know, uh, and just being your friend too, knowing the story that God called you to write this book. I mean, it was very clear. It mm -hmm. was like, you're going to write a book someone listening, maybe they can relate to that. Maybe they have a story on their heart that they would like to share. You know, they don't know if it's from God or not. They, they just want to do right by God and, you know, maybe write their story. What did you do when you got that call from God? What was your first step? Well, my first step was arguing. My first step was denial. My first step was I'm not good enough. I'm not equipped. I'm not a writer. You completely have the wrong person. I don't even like to make a list, much less journal or write down feelings. I'm just absolutely 100% not your girl because what you're calling me to do is not in my list of gifts thus far in my life. Um, so therefore, this can't be right. And uh, what's so great about it is that as I took each step into what he was calling me to do, knowing, because you know, God's so beautifully bossy. And uh, every time I tried to argue it, it was just so clear what he wanted me to do. Mm. And with each step that I was taking, he was opening the next door to equip me even more than the next door, than the next door, than the next door. Um, and had I not taken the first step of, which for me was like uh, Googling, how do you write a book? Right. right. <laughs> you know, um, and then he would open doors and bring the people to me. But the biggest piece of advice I give to anybody who's just thinking about, I need to write this down is just right. I think everybody looks for some big aha, get this, you know, spreadsheet or get this one program or just no, just write, just right. open up a Google right. doc and get it out of your brain. And <laughs> I would tell you, that's probably the thing I hear most often from people who reach out to me is that I feel like God's really been calling me to write. And all I can ever think when somebody sends me that is then write. Right. Why, if you feel like God's calling you, why wouldn't you write? It doesn't mean God's calling you to write a bestseller, but if God's calling you, your job is to, is to write. You know, mm -hmm. somebody once told me you have to, if God is calling, you have to be okay with that. This book was for one person. Yes. That's it. Your job was to write it. 
you know, the rest is, is him. But if you feel like, and maybe it isn't a book, maybe it's that um, it's just, you know, pouring out of you for the years to come for somebody else, or it just becomes, um, maybe it's something you, you self-publish and you put it on Amazon, whatever it may right, be. Right. He's calling you to write. You have to write. Yeah. And then you answered the next question I was going to ask you was why did you write it? Because I mean, I know God, you know, God was like, write a book so clear as day, but then you have to have the courage to do it. And I just want to know why, like, why did you, I mean, I can't think about how much time, I mean, no, I knew you when your book was being released and how much time and effort went into that. Oh my goodness. Oh my good. Like why, 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 um, why'd you do it? Um, gosh, that, that is actually a really great question. And I think because I knew so clearly that God was calling me to it. And I think sometimes we know God's calling us to something and we don't move. So I, I don't have this perfect answer for you as to what made me move on this versus maybe yes. other things I knew in my life. God That's was calling the perfect me to answer. do. Yeah. Um, probably because my faith was stronger than it had been at other seasons in my life. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was him. And also he, um, I have actually have chills right now. I, he, he was so, oh, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was that I was so in tune to everything he was saying to me. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. At that time in my life, I was the number seven sales director in Mary Kay Cosmetics. And right. I was a big fish in a little pond, I like to say, and everything was great. I was a million dollar director. Awesome. And I had that dream and I knew from the beginning, I felt like God was saying that I needed to leave, but there was nothing inside of me that wanted to leave. I loved what I was doing. I loved my team. I just, I loved it. And about two months went by and um, I had made a decision. I could do both. I just knew I could do both. And uh, knowing deep down, he was like, girl, you need to leave. You need to trust me. Mm. And um, I had just left a room. I was at a conference. I just left the room to send a text to the woman that was above me, Mary Kay, saying, I'm going to do both. And as I was walking back into the conference, there was a woman speaking and she was telling this story. And she was telling a story that it, she, uh, the, a mom and a little girl went to a store. And the little girl found some pearls that she wanted. She was like, oh, mama, can I please have these pearls? Please have these pearls. Right. And her mom said, yeah, you can do chores when you get home to work for the pearls. So the little girl, she got the pearls and that child wore it nonstop. You know, they're becoming nasty at this point. You know, good children okay. do not want to take something off. Right. She has worn these pearls every single day. Well, her dad put her to bed every night. And one night um, he was reading her her story and he said, do you love me? She said, yes, daddy. And he said, would you give me your pearls? And he said, oh, no, no. She said, no, no, no. Daddy, you can have my Susie doll, but not my, I love my pearls, daddy. No, no, no. And the next night he came back and doing the story again. And he said, do you love me? And she said, yes. And he said, will you give me your pearls? She said, oh, daddy, no, no, no. You can have all my books and my other toys, but no, daddy, no. Um, I love my pearls. Right. The third night he came in to read her a story and she had, she had in her hand her little pearls. And he smiled at her and he handed mm -hmm. back real pearls. And I knew that in that moment, God was saying, I have so much more for you if you will just let go. And so that was the final moment for me where I knew what God was saying. And I resigned tearfully on a Tuesday mm. 
And it was one of the most uh, difficult things I've ever done. And it was a difficult season, right? I had, because I left this career and then I went into this deep dive emotionally for this book. Right. Um, all oh by my myself goodness. in this, yeah, this world where I'd had this huge community into this party of one. And, and my party was very disagreeable to say the least. Right. It was hard. You know, I was just, I was, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew to write. And there was a lot of prayer and a lot of tears and a lot of argument. Um, but I knew that I knew that I knew that's what he called me to do. That is wonderful. And I just want to encourage whoever is listening. Um, there's a fun quote. We'll call it a fun quote from Bob Goff. And he says, I think everybody's got a book or two in them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. I think so too. I totally think so. And I would give one piece of advice on, on yeah. that. Never try to write a book when you're in the depths of it. Okay. Keep going. You have to have distance from what you want to write about. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Because yeah. A great analogy on that is uh, when you're in the throes of a breakup with oh, a, yeah. with a boy uh, and the things you would write are nasty or they're awful or, yeah they're right but in five years looking back your story would be very different because you'd right. be talking about the lessons you learned and and what you gained from it and you know and the two God of you in a very you. yeah yes a very different perspective than when you're hot in it yeah so maybe take down some notes and and moments and memories you know like a journal mm -hmm. but not don't try to write the book in the heat of it right well Okay, so this is the breaking point for me uh, in your book. You didn't know I was going to ask you this question, but I'm getting a little emotional right now. So we need to read it because it, oh man, it broke me. But it's the part of the book. I gave uh, this book to my mom because she went through breast cancer. So I wanted to, mm -hmm. I wanted her to have it and give to a friend. But I took a picture of the page and it's the page with the nail polish, the red nail polish. You know what I'm talking about? Mom's red hot mom. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the quote is not once was I embarrassed or shy to sing or to pray over her. We went all out, whatever it took. And I know your mom. So I just yeah. love her sweetheart. If you could, I don't, I mean, I kind of feel bad asking you to take me back to that time of what you meant, but I just think it's a beautiful, um, moment in the book where I could tell God was working on your heart. And then he started working on my heart. And I'm like, Oh, Jesus, pray for Don and her mom, you know, and this was like something from the past, but just walk us through what writing that story was like, just like reliving how God was providing peace in that moment. Well, it's so, it's funny that you bring that up because my mom has actually been sick as of late and, uh, you know, I'm embarrassed to say that when, well, when we are in the depths of pain, tragedy, trauma, we automatically pray at a different level than we do on a daily basis. Mm. There is a, a, a screaming out begging for him to be there in the moments of pain, very different than there is in the moments of all as well. Mm -hmm. So recently, I'm, I'm not totally answering your question, I'm sorry, oh. but I, it will. 
just You're roll there. with me here, baby. Yeah. Um, recently we were in the ICU and she stayed uh, in November, I think three weeks in the hospital. And she was diagnosed with a very rare autoimmune disease that was attacking her kidneys and her lungs. And it's called, it used to be called Wegener's. And um, I didn't know she was coming out. And when we first went in, I was sort of silently praying in my chair and that kind of thing. Right. And as things were, sorry, deteriorating, yeah. it became worship music was on in the room and I didn't yes. care who was walking in and I was yes. praying over her and I was singing yes. over her because I was crying out for him at such a different yes. level yes. than I was when I thought we were coming home. Mm. So I, I think it wasn't hard for me to get back to that place because I've just been to that place. So that, that kind of brings that full circle and answering that, if that, that, how bad do you want it? I guess it's what it is. You know, what it, it, in the beginning, I cared like if a nurse or a doctor was walking in mm -hmm. in the end, when things were getting bad, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is, you know, do we pray in an unashamed man manner? You mm -hmm. know, are we unashamed to cry out for him in moments? So Mm. more than you wanted huh no it's so beautiful because <laughs> it's it's so real Don. it's so real and when you need god i mean there's a moment you know when i do these podcasts i'm like god i need you give me the words to say let me decrease and let you increase but when you are praying over someone like you said in this book and you're just like god find us right now mm -hmm. we are seeking you find us that is when the sheep looks to the shepherd and is like, I need you guide me, help me bring me back, you know, anything like that. So the fact that you're sharing that story right now, I know it's on purpose and you are, a, you are a joyologist. And so to hear that real emotion, to know that you are seeking God in this time, just desperately crying out for him uh, through this with your mom is is just beautiful. It's just beautiful because that is how powerful God is. And so I love your mom. Can you share how she's doing now? Is that okay? Yeah, she's doing great actually. Um, she, um, it, the treatment for what she has is actually chemo. It's not okay. a cancer, but the treatment is chemo and she's on dialysis right now, but she's, uh, getting so much better. They think they're going to take her off of dialysis. Great. She only has one more round of chemo and they're tapering down her steroids. So I call her miracle mom for a reason. She's had a brain aneurysm that burst and lived through it. And then this, so she is my miracle mom. Oh yes. Oh yes, for sure. And she's from Louisiana. So, yes. you <laughs> know, I want to say one other thing yes. that changed in this place, this time of praying versus the last time yeah. is that I said, I, I remember crying out, please hear me, God, please hear my prayers. And this time I was like, I know you hear me, mm. it, you know, that it changed in my mind different that he hears you. Don't doubt for one second that like you're waiting in line for your prayers to be heard. He hears you in that moment, right then, right, right there. He hears you. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean the prayers always come out the way we hope, but I just want you to know that doesn't mean we don't pray either. I just, this time I can't, I remember correcting myself when I would say, please hear me. That go, no, no, no. I know you hear me, God, but <laughs> so I just wanted to tell somebody out there that he hears you. Yes. For those going through cancer or family members going through cancer, or any tragedy that there is, any of the tsunamis of pain, but it's okay to be mad at God. And what I mean by that is, wouldn't it be sad if we only came to God when we were happy? 
right? right? I think mm-hmm. he wants us in our raw moments, right? When we are sad or mad or um, insecure or scared, you know, all those things. Just come to him. Just, I just, I think God can handle you being mad at him. I think right. he can handle it. Yeah. And if writing is a way that you get through that to write your yeah. prayer to him, do it. Write. Like he said, write. <laughs> Well, and I think one of the other things that writing does, especially when it comes to scripture, is that it uh, slows you down. Well, for me, it slows me down. It slows me down to have to think through the words Mm -hmm. more than, and now I'm talking about literally a pen to a paper versus a typing. There's a slowness in a pen to a paper that uh, when it comes to scripture for me, that just, it just sort of soaks in the soul. Right. Right. It does. Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate your time in this and, and sharing what God has on your heart. If you guys haven't read Dawn's book yet, laughing through the ugly cry, do it. If you know somebody through can- who's going through cancer treatment or they've been through cancer treatment, or maybe they just got a diagnosis, um, send it to them. It will help them in more ways than, you know, if you haven't been through it yourself, or if you've been through it, this will be an encouragement to them. It'll encourage them to God's word. Um, it'll encourage them to pray. It'll encourage them to do like what we were talking about um, earlier, where you're just unashamed and you're just crying out to God, asking him to help you, whether you're the person going through the treatment or someone, you know, is um, yeah, it's, it's like therapy reading that book. So I highly recommend it. And Don is a dear friend of mine. So you've got to support mm. my friend, Don Barton. What? He's so sweet. I love you. Okay. Favorite question. Uh, what's your favorite Bible verse that's helping you in this season? All right. So let me give you a, li- a little background in that. Uh, first of all, my favorite Bible verse, my favorite favorite is Ephesians 3.20. But right yeah. now what I am, I have a, a teenage daughter and, you know, I look at our world. It's just so how scary it is to be a teenage girl today. Right. Right. And um, a friend of mine who has four sons her sons used to always say this, this saying, modest is hottest. And I love that and trying to, so I've been trying to instill that in my daughter that modest is hottest. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it is in a world that that tells you every which way that showing your skin, every which way is what's cool. And you're, you know, you're being your own free woman self, you know, live it girl. I just want to go back to some, you know, some biblical principles. And so um, today I, um, we're building an addition onto our house and she, her room is in there. So I've been finding scriptures for her. And one of them that goes back to this principle, this modest is hottest principle yes, Mama. is First uh, Timothy 2, 9 through 10. And it says, and that the women would also pray with clean hearts dressed appropriately and adorned modestly and mm-hmm. sensibly, not flaunt, not flaunting their wealth, but they should be recognized instead by their beautiful deeds of kindness, suitable as one who worships God. That's good. And I love that. You know, I think of that, this little light of mine, for that right. light that shines from you, that is Jesus, that people are drawn to, the kindness and the love and the smile and the goodness in you instead of your cleavage right yes. and just like let yes. that be the thing that people want to come to you over not because your boobies be big and they're showing so. right 
Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, teaching that. It's a whole to, other subject. Like there's a podcast. <laughs> no, okay, I'm, I'm not some prude. I, I know I'm sounding it, but I just, you know, how do we pivot no, you're not. in this yeah. season of the world to, to show our daughters more that there's so much more than a low cut shirt. Right. It's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, that when you said that, it reminded me of first Samuel 16, seven, and it just talks about the Lord sees not as man sees man looks at on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so mm. I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have God just like looking at my heart, just like see my heart, Lord, make me clean, make me new. We always pray uh, this prayer, but I'm going to game change it up. I'm going to, cause you're joy. You're my joy girl. So we're going to read uh, Romans 15, 13. And this is our prayer. Just as we end, uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dawn. And I just want to share something with you to encourage you in Christ today to know that he hears you like Dawn was talking about. It's all about the heart. So let's get the heart clean. We're going to pray this prayer together as we wrap up this podcast. We're praying in verse 10 of Psalms 51. This is from David. He's going through a hard time here, okay? So I don't know if you guys can relate. I know you're all going through the greatest time of your life right now. So just listen in as David humbles himself before the Lord. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. So this is just a boost today and whatever you're doing, wherever you are, wherever you're going, to draw near to Jesus, to bring it back to Jesus. And lately the word revival has been on my brain. I don't know why. I just Googled define revival on my phone and it's a noun. And it just says an improvement in the condition or strength of something. So some similar words mean improvement, betterment, advance, rally, upswing, comeback. I mean, everybody loves a good comeback story. Okay, the opposite of revival is disappearance. No thanks. I don't want to be the opposite of a revival. I want to be restored in Jesus. I want to be renewed. So James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So be encouraged by this next part because now I'm telling you, if you're wanting if you're wanting to do right, if you're wanting to draw near to Jesus, if you're wanting God to give you a clean heart, to give you a pure heart, to do some heart surgery on you, can I get an amen? You just have to go to God. Humble yourself before God, knowing that He's the Lord, He's the Creator, He's in all and through all, and He's always welcome to our party. Wherever you're going today, whatever you're doing, invite Jesus to be there. It says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yes, God hears you. Whether you are crying over a family member who is hurting in the hospital or you're just riding in your car having a 
okay, mediocre day. Draw near to God. Lord, I need that energy. I need your Holy Spirit energy. Just draw near to Him. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek God's face. Turn from your wicked ways. God hears you. And we're going to end this podcast with closing time. These are just people. They're friends of mine. People who are using their platform, no matter what it is, to broadcast God's love. So thank you all for listening. If you leave us a review, it helps out the podcast. And please share this with your friends. You all are awesome. I pray you have a great week and you're energized by the love of Christ on this podcast, Broadcast is Love. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest.